This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. ISC 18 kicks off. And Top 500 gets a makeover. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC. This is a special episode coming to you live from the Top 500 Lounge on the show floor at ISC 18. Michael, the show has just kicked off. Everything's buzzing at the show floor here. They've announced they have over 3,400 pre-registrations, which is a new record. We're coming off of a few of the panels, and uh, ISC is off and running. Yeah, it looks busy. There's a lot of activity on the show floor already. And, uh, yeah, a lot of excitement around Top 500, which we're going to get to in just a second. So it's, it's off to a big start. We're fresh out of some of my favorite panels, the Vendor Showdown, where our favorite vendor sponsors, who do a lovely job paying for a lot of things around here, get their turns doing speed presentations and answering questions from the Inquisitors. Rupak Biswas of NASA Ames and I handled Vendor Showdown Session 1, and Scott Tease with Lenovo took the prize uh, from the crowd as the audience favorite, and I understand that uh, on the other side it was a narrow win from uh, by Mellanox by a hair over DDN so we're having fun already here yeah it was a good uh, both those were good sessions I was in the second session that you weren't in it was a bunch of good presentations including Google I think for the first time was in that uh, presentation we always get a lot of good stuff there, but as much news has been breaking already at ISC, and it's always a busy news week, I think the biggest news of all has been it from the top 500. Now, you and I have done a lot of podcasts where we say, yeah, not a lot has changed, but tune in next time. Well, let me tell you, now a lot has changed. Four out of the top five systems are either brand new systems or newly upgraded systems. Right, and I can't remember the last time four of the top five had changed. In fact, I think in maybe the last decade that hasn't been the case. But we already knew about Summit. It got the top system, um, but we didn't quite know about all the other systems. So the only system that didn't change was the former number one system, Sunway Tahu Light. Uh, that, that got bumped down to number two because of, because of Summit. But all the other systems are, are, are new on that top five. We talked about the Summit Supercomputer just recently on a previous episode of This Week in HPC. But let's give it a rundown again. This is an IBM NVIDIA hybrid system coming out of the Coral project, the pre-exascale computers out of Coral. They hit 187.7 petaflops peak. Now, that's a little lower than we were expecting. It should have been north of 200. We'll come back to that in a second. They did 122.3 in high-performance Linpack. And I understand they used all GPUs for the Linpack run. The Power 9s weren't involved. Right. All the, all the Linpack flops came out of the GPUs on that run. So, right, the Power 9s, which would have only contributed maybe 5% if they had gone to the trouble of tapping into those uh those floating point units so i can kind of understand that but they they still achieved basically i think what they wanted to on the on the limpack run this summit supercomputer is really exciting and they've been billing the fact that they can handle both hpc and ai kinds of workloads here particularly with how gpu forward this configuration is so it's good to see that leadership now and that's the the new number one system but i wanted to come back to this 187.7 petaflops we thought this was going to be north of 200 around 215 or so where'd those other 28 petaflops go yeah, from what I heard, and this isn't quite official, but I think they used uh, some of the lower bin parts on the uh, GPUs, and so they're slightly slower clocks. If they had, I think if they had gone with the high bin, full-clocked versions, they would have been well over 200 
petaflops on the peak, but uh, they got some somewhat cheaper parts and they were satisfied with those, so they went with those and saved quite a bit of money for just a little bit slower, uh, slower performance. This Summit supercomputer at Oak Ridge out of the DOE puts the U.S. back on top of the top 500 list, ending a long run by the Sunway Taihu light system, and then it was Tianhe before that. So it's been Chinese systems at the uh, top of the top 500 list for quite some time. Right. Since 2012, it's been, it's been somebody other than the U.S., the China. Five, five solid years, ten straight lists of a Chinese supercomputer at the top, now giving way to Summit. Now, you mentioned the Taihu light is uh, the previous number one is now bumped down to number two. That's still at 93 petaflops of uh, high-performance Linpack performance. It's right where it was on the list, but let's go down to number three because we got another nice surprise there. We conjectured two weeks ago on the podcast when we were talking about Sierra, or rather talking about Summit, what would happen with Sierra, which is uh, Summit's twin sister in a sense. Right, it's a smaller smaller sibling, we, and it's been sort of in the shadow of Summit, but they managed to finish that configuration in time, and they managed to get a Limpac run in. So a slightly smaller system, but they still managed 71.6 petaflops. So that got number two or number three, uh, following uh, Sunway Tahu Light. 71.6 is the Limpac score. That's off of 119.2 peaks. So we're talking about this being the smaller system going into Livermore, but you know, the other Coral system here, also the IBM NVIDIA configuration. So that's two systems, each north of 100 petaflops peak, number one and number three on the top 500 list. That's really a big new statement. And then the other Chinese system that's been in the top five, the Tianhe 2, has gotten a substantial upgrade. Is now the Tianhe 2A as they uh, upgraded the Knight's Corner processors into now the the domestic uh, matrix processors and that was a serious facelift for that computer more than doubled in performance or about doubled in performance but went from number two down to number four right right they actually doubled performance but they still lost two places in the list because of summit and sierra basically so uh, but that's a big move for them i mean that's their own homegrown matrix 2000 dsp accelerator so they had to retrofit all those xeon fives with that and uh, obviously they got it at least up and running with Limpac, so they're, they're up and going with another domestic, uh, domestically made processor, in this case uh, an accelerator. And while we're in the top five, rounding out the top five, another new system. Now this is one we also have talked about on the podcast before, but this one's kind of an outlier uh, among those, the rest of the top five. Right, this is the AI bridging cloud infrastructure called the ABCI supercomputer, and that's the fifth-ranked now on the list. And this is the most powerful system in Japan, um, and that came out to uh, the Limpac mark of 19.9 petaflops. And this thing is, again, another uh, GPU-accelerated system with the NVIDIA V100 GPUs. It gets most of its uh, flops from that, just like Summit and Sierra. And this one is actually oriented... Uh, almost specifically for machine learning and uh, AI, although they're going to do some HPC on it as well. Really, three out of the top five supercomputers we're talking about here have architectural considerations going toward AI, although I would argue that with the Coral systems, they were already planned for those GPU-heavy configurations before AI really took off as a workload captivating everybody's attention. Right, right. Those, those they sort of got that as a, as a nice add-on, but uh, the ABCI computer from the get-go was going to be an AI machine, 
uh, primarily, although it's going to be mixed workload for sure at the, at the site in Japan. The rest of the top 10, we've got systems that have been up there before, but then they all got pushed down by everything that's new. Right, that's Pitstan, Titan, Sequoia, um, there's Trinity and uh, Corey, and they all got pushed down to the 6th through 10th place, and they were all unchanged from last time around. Let's talk about the aggregate performance of the list, which is now over an exaflop, right? But we've also seen a, a continuation in the slowdown in gain in performance uh, list over list. Yeah, that's the same. I mean, even though now we're up to an aggregate exaflop, I think it's 1.2 exaflops on the whole 500 supercomputers, uh, the slowdown in the, in the increment from year to year, from list to list, continues, and that's basically because... The procurement cycles are getting longer, and there, there's just not the turnover there was, uh, you know, pre-2010, really 2008 that there was before. So we're seeing sort of that curve level out. We're not getting the, the, same, uh, the same increment that we were getting uh, prior, to, prior to 2008, 10 years ago. Well, 2008 was really the dawn of the multi-core era, and as you've pointed out, sort of the end of Denard scaling, where we didn't see the increases in frequency. Prior to that, Beowulf clusters, you knew what you were going to get. They had a relatively quick turnover out in the market in terms of a, a shorter life cycle. Now we're going back to kind of the pre-Beowulf days, when the risk SMP era, things are a little more custom. They have a longer shelf life. People keep them for longer. They're not as sure what they want to buy next. So I think this is really going to be the longer, the longer term path that we're on. Yeah, I think so. And, and the other out, outcome of that, because they wait longer between procurements, is actually they end up buying a bigger system than they would have if they had bought a little closer together. And that's skewing the list so that more of the performance is at the top of the list now. So uh, whereas before it's like there used to be a little bit less of a, of a curve. Now like the top five or top ten is so much a large portion of the, uh, of the aggregate performance on the system. So it's, it's actually affecting it in that way as well. Back on that top five for a second, we've got four computers out of the five. Uh, we, you thought I was going to say four out of the five are new. Four out of the five have peak petaflops of over 100 uh, petaflops, that's new. Now, only one of them is all, uh, over 100 on Linpack. Taihu Light number two is at 93. That's the next one. The thing that interests me there is the Taihu Light, the one that didn't change, that's the one that's kind of average for what we see on the list in terms of Linpack efficiency, which tends to be around 75%. It's about 74 the other four systems that are new or upgraded are all between 60 and 65% Linpack efficiency, which isn't the worst we've seen, but they're all below average. Right, and but also the, the other thing in common with those four systems is that they're all accelerator systems. The Tiahu Lights and all CPU system, these others are accelerated, and they tend to be a little less efficient on, uh, on Linpack. Uh, not always, but they tend to be less efficient, so that, that's not a huge surprise. But yeah, a little bit disappointing maybe on the yield on Linpack, so maybe a, a, a presage of what, you know, maybe some of the problems we'll have in actually porting real applications and getting all those flops extracted out of some of those systems. Top of the list now goes U.S., China, U.S., China. It does not keep alternating all the way down, and when you keep counting, China is now getting more dominant in terms of the share of systems on the top 500 list. They have 206 systems from China now on the list compared to USA in second at 124. Then Japan is well into third with 36. 
plus this big gain in systems in China has Lenovo now as the number one vendor of top 500 systems with an impressive 122. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll have more to say about some of the distribution of why that's occurring. Uh, there's a lot going on behind those numbers. But yeah, right now, uh, Lenovo declared and submitted a lot more systems, and that bumped up their numbers, obviously, and, and uh, pushed HPE into second place in the vendor share. And they also bumped up China uh, a good chunk as well, because a lot of those systems are being deployed in China, although Lenovo is now spread pretty well across Europe um, and, and some other geographies as well. Yeah, and we've seen in the past different vendors, different regions, look at the PR opportunities in the top 500 list and make a concerted effort to increase their position, increase the number of systems, increase their share. I think that's been what we've been seeing here with China. China does not dominate the worldwide HPC landscape. That's still the U.S., which has nearly half of HPC by revenue. Uh, but China, we're seeing a lot more of an effort to get systems onto the list. Right. And if you look at it from a performance point of view, the U.S. Is, has uh, the lion's share of the performance. Now, that, some of that's because they have two of the top really big systems now, but China's way down the list in performance uh, compared to the U.S. And the same thing with Lenovo. Lenovo has, is not in first place in performance. It's, uh, it's IBM, actually, because of the two big systems. So when you look at it from a performance point of view rather than just a, a number of systems point of view, the numbers change uh, appreciably. Let's take a quick look at some of the other lists that aren't just Linpack. One that's getting a lot of attention year after year is the HPCG benchmark, which was introduced as a complement to high-performance Linpack. HPL is more of a sprint. It's a straightforward matrix multiplication, and it's sometimes been criticized that it doesn't stress a lot of the system architecture outside of the computation. HPCG is quite the opposite and really emphasizes the memory performance, particularly in these large systems. Yeah, I mean, most people think that's sort of a proxy for you know, how good the memory bandwidth is. Some people think it's a proxy for the Stream one, although Stream is just one of the, uh, the benchmark used in that suite. But yeah, it, it stresses how fast you can access memory in sort of a random manner. So the numbers are much lower and they tend to be much different than the, uh, the Limpact rankings themselves. Except here's where we do get a nice surprise is that these new systems out of the Coral Initiative from IBM and NVIDIA, Summit and Sierra, now took over also the number one and number two spots on HPCG. And also, you pointed out, they're the first systems to break the petaflop barrier on HPCG. Right, right. Prior to this, every, everybody was under a petaflop. So just basically as we're almost entering the exascale era, the HPCG finally got into the petascale era. But that's sort of the... And people think about sort of the bookends of, of uh, performance on these systems. At the, low, at the low end, HPCG is very challenging for these systems, so you tend to not to get very much of a yield out of that. And at the high end, Limpac sort of a slam dunk. You can get most of the floating point performance from that. So um, it's sort of a nice complement, in a sense, to, to Limpac, but you sort of see the parameters of, of how your application's going to fit into, you know, maybe between those two numbers. 
given how much HPCG stresses memory, I'll be interested to see how some of the ARM-based systems do when we get to that. We just talked about Astra uh, on a previous podcast. We still don't have any ARM-based systems on the top 500 list, unless I'm mistaken. Did I miss right. one? No, no, there's no ARM system. I think Astra will be on the next list. Astra will be on the next one once it gets delivered, and that'll be interesting to see how it does not only on Linpack but on HPCG in terms of the, the memory performance of those larger systems. Because what we are seeing uh, from some of the benchmarking coming out of CUG and the, uh, the Eisenbard system out of GW4 is that it's on the memory-bound applications where ARM is, is making the most waves. Yeah, and I think actually if we saw an AMD Epic-powered system, we might see some interesting results there too. Because again, that system has more memory bandwidth than the typical Xeon would have. So... Um, and I'm not actually sure if there's any Epic systems on the list, but they should do better on some of the memory bandwidth uh, challenged uh, HPC parts. That's uh, as a really well. good point. And while we pointed out that the Linpack runs were all GPU on Summit and Sierra, I don't know this for sure, but we're presuming that they did involve the Power Nines when it came to HPCG. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole suite that that's involved in there, so I'm sure some of them used at least part of the Power Nines for some of that, but I, I can't confirm that as well. Meanwhile, no big changes on the green 500. The top system is still uh, the, uh, the Shubu system B, and that's at Riken. And the top three systems, including Shubu system B, are all in Japan, and they're based on the Pezzi Zetascaler architecture. Right, right. Uh, basically the same as last time. Those were the top systems last time. And then the number three system is a, uh, a GPU accelerated system. I think the top... 2021 systems are all accelerated systems until you get down to actually Sunway Tahoe Light. I think that's the most energy efficient system that doesn't have an accelerator. So, yeah, GPUs and the, and the PESI accelerators are basically cleaning up on the Green 500 list. We've got a lot of show left to see here, Michael. I know you and I are both going to be pretty busy, but we'll be back in the Top 500 Lounge. I'll be joined by IBM on Wednesday morning talking about the Summit and Sierra Supercomputer specifically, and then you and I will be back in Wednesday afternoon to start doing a show wrap-up podcast of some of the big news that we've seen. And meanwhile, we're next to the World Cup wall here in the Top 500 Lounge. We're going to watch some people crank soccer balls at the wall here when you got to let off a little steam at the show. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the booth here. So stop by the Top 500 booth. We've got different displays and different information going on. Uh, so, yeah, please come by and see if we're, we're in the area. We'll talk to you as well. All right, Michael, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for joining me here in the Top 500 Lounge, and thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with more soon this week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.